Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. How I Go to the Woods by Mary Oliver. Ordinarily, I go to the woods alone with not a single friend, for they are all smilers and talkers and therefore unsuitable. I don't really want to be witness talking to the catbirds or hugging the old black oak tree. I have my way of praying, as you no doubt have yours. Besides, when I'm alone, I can become invisible. I can sit on the top of a dune as motionless as an uprise of weeds until the foxes run by unconcerned. I can hear the almost unhearable sound of the roses singing. If you have ever gone to the woods with me, I must love you very much. And so we are here, our second week in the building, both folks at home and, and here. And um, it's pretty exciting. I certainly um, have, have so much gratitude for being the next in line of what is, I'm sure, a long line of wonderful ministerial interns. We certainly know that's true of my predecessor. So here we are. This getting into ministry business is a second career for me. Some of you already know what my previous job was, but some of you may not. Uh, for the last 18 years, I was a blue man in the show Blue Man Group. Right up to the pandemic, I was doing that show here in Boston. And I was going to preach a bit about it today, at least some of my experiences in Blue Man. I mean, more specifically, on how being a blue man led me to ministry. But something kept interrupting, something presented itself and kept interrupting and interrupting until I finally had to pay attention. Church. Church is the culprit. Funny how church has a way of encouraging us in a different direction. But as for Blue Man, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it a lot over the next two years. Because the truth is, is that when I'm, even if I'm not talking about it explicitly, I am implicitly, because it's such a huge part of who I was, who I am, and who I'm becoming. And this is certainly true of my theology as well. Performing as a blue man had a huge influence on my theology. And while at times it felt like a, a bit like whiplash, going from intro to Christian tradition or process theology to perform in the theater at night, the fact is, is that they each helped to clarify the other. But for now, 
I'll say that I do love talking about the show. And so if you're so inclined, please feel free to come and find me and, and we can have a good chat about how long it takes to get that on and off. No. <laughs> that's, that's usually the first question. How long does it take to get that stuff? Um, but now back to church. I have very strong feelings about church, but regardless of those feelings, I do think that church is radical. I think that it's countercultural what we're doing here today. And I can't shake the belief that church, this place, has been crucial in my life. That in fact, it saved my life. And that's not even hyperbolic to say. Because this isn't a new thing, my relationship to church. It started very young. I was raised Methodist in a very large Midwestern church. And my strongest memories, besides swimming my way through the adults to the donut table <laughs> during donut hour, were of Sunday school. I loved Sunday school. I mean, I, I loved it. I was not one easily plied with gold stars as a kid, but when it came to Sunday school, I couldn't acquire them fast enough. My favorite was Mrs. Hadley. She was my third grade school Sunday school teacher, and she didn't just hand out gold stars. She was handing out hugs, huge, wrap-you-all-up hugs were coming with those gold stars. And it was rare. It was rare that there wasn't a moment filled with joy when I was at Sunday school, except for when I narrowly lost out on playing the part of Jesus and the run-up to Palm Sunday. And I, I, I still think I would have done a better job. <laughs> but when that Sunday came, there I was, waving my palm frown enthusiastically as Jesus passed me by because I felt, I felt loved there. And so the roots were laid that church was a place where people could be seen, loved, and encouraged. It would take me time to return to this idea because I did eventually leave the church of my childhood. But in all my stops along the way, I've come to realize that it was this core experience that I was looking for, this experience of a love lived. So in today's reading, I think Mary Oliver captures this experience of love. This poem is pure magic to me. I love it. The first time I encountered it, it breezed past any potential defense right to the core. In those early days of this poem, I couldn't read it, I couldn't recite it without tearing up. That The kind of tearing up that you don't even realize it's happening until you're already in it. And so I think you could say that this poem moves me on a cellular level. But why? Why was it so moving? I got to thinking, why? Why, why the tears every time? So in it, the poet tells of their most sacred of places, what is of such high worth to them that they must go there and worship. So here we have an example of what Reverend Nathan was talking about last week when reminding us of the connections between worth and worship. But the poet tells us that they prefer to do this worshiping, this worthing, alone. And, and why being alone is so important. But then, after all that, after all this 
This emphasizing of being alone for this worship, the poet tells that if you have been witness to, that if you've been a companion to, then let that tell you how much you are loved. And that's it, right to the core. That even though this is the most private, most sacred parts of the poet that they prefer to experience alone, they brought you. So I'm thinking about this. And I first came, the first thought that came to me was that I want to be one of those people. I, I want to be loved that way. I want someone to share the most sacred with me. But then, well, then I, I kept digging. And I came upon a truth, and, and this is the scary bit for me. It's because I realized this is how I want to love. I want those whom I love to know love this way that I held nothing back, that they got it all. Because this to me, this is church. This is what I mean when I say church, because I think this is what's possible at church. And this is why I think church is so radical and countercultural, because for many of us, this is certainly true for me, this is hard and it's risky and it's painful to love this way. I mean, it's no wonder people don't want to go to church. People are a mess. They're messy. And institutions, because they're full of people, are messy. And I'm thinking that holds true at least, at least a little bit of here as well. But may, maybe not. Maybe not. This reminds me of something I heard early in my adult life and has, of course, taken me the entirety of my adult life to ponder. And it's that Carl Jung said that consciousness comes at a price. Because I think that's what we're talking about here, consciousness. And while loving this way, consciously, can feel expensive, I believe the price is worth it. Because in my experience, the only way to your life is through the mess. This is church. So one of the things that drew me here to First Parish was hearing Reverend Nathan say that here is where we practice being who we say we wanna be. The first time I heard this was Zoom church, and I thought, wow, I mean, that's a thing. What an aspiration, and what a challenge. But that's what I want. That's where I wanna be, because I think it's this practicing that leads us to the kind of love that Mary Oliver's talking about. And so we do it anyways, right? We come every single Sunday that we can anyways, because this is church. This is where we learn, by way of practice, that that price, this risky love, the price of this risky love, it pales in comparison to the healing power that is sharing our most sacred selves with each other. The stakes are high, but the reward is great. And so I'm curious. I'm curious what you mean when you say church. I'm curious over the next week, weeks, months, and two years to learn about what it's like for you when you practice being who you say you want to be. What's it like? Does it feel risky? Does it feel easy? Painful? Joyful? 
And while I look forward to hearing you share these things with me, I also hope that you will, as, I, as I'm sure some of you already do, share them with each other. Because here again, we arrive at being seen, being loved, and being encouraged. Said another way, being in relationship. For it is in relationship that we are realized. Blessed be, and may it be so.